Radio. Missionary of the Father's Mercy. An interview with Father Ben Cameron of the Fathers of Mercy. So I did a parish mission at uh, Riverside um, uh, and uh, now here at St. Bernard's in Claremont. Father Ken was at the cathedral in Hobart and just was at the uh, Carmelite Nuns Monastery in Launceston. So um, they've been received pretty well. They've been, they haven't been huge crowds, but they say pretty good crowds for here in Tasmania. So that's always good. We judge by the place where we're, where we're at. Um, rather than comparing to the big cities. Oh, yeah. So. And, and, it, and I suppose your mission in coming to um, Tasmania to give these um, parish missions has been to grow faith. And right, to help people to grow in their faith, to come to know our Lord Jesus better, fall more deeply in love with him, um, help people to come back to the sacraments who've been away. Um, we're the fathers of mercy, so we have a big stress on the mercy of God. So we tend to spend a lot of time hearing confessions. And um, so a lot of times people like the idea of going to confession to a priest that they don't know and they may never see again <laughs> this side of heaven. So that's uh, an attraction for a lot of people. And, and, and that's an attraction not just here, but wherever we go. Yeah, so the Lord's mercy, that's a particular thing that Pope Francis is wanting to really foster Mm -hmm. um, in Catholics. Uh, What is it about mercy in particular that you've been preaching on and what has been really well received? What is it about mercy that we as Catholics need to hear today? Well, um, primarily the mercy is really God's love for us, but that uh, mercy is... St. Thomas Aquinas says is, is love toward those who don't deserve it. So we don't deserve God's love. We don't earn God's love. And sometimes we have the impression or, or we seem to think that we have to earn God's love. God loves us first. We don't have to earn it. Uh, and that love for us is his mercy. And his mercy draws us to repent of our sins and to turn back to him, to make a new beginning with him. So that's a big stress when I'm preaching about mercy. This week, I've actually been preaching on another theme, but of course, mercy is always involved in every theme that I preach on. Mm. And in terms of your own vocation to the priesthood, um, can you share a little bit about, you know, what your family life was like, whether your, your vocation to the priesthood was fostered there? How long have you really known the love of Jesus yourself? I grew up in a Catholic family, but we um, we were not real strong. We went to we were Sunday mass goers, but we didn't pray as a family when I was young. We didn't go to daily masses or anything like that. Um, really, it started for me when I was in uh, grade seven, and I was actually in a Baptist school, and I was being attacked for my faith, and so I started trying to learn what I believed because people were saying, well, you know, you worship a piece of bread and you worship Mary and why do you do this? Why do you confess to a priest? I didn't know the answers. So I started trying to learn. And that year I was uh, being confirmed. And um, the grace of confirmation just was a miracle in my life. I just, I walked up a confused kid and I walked back with absolute clarity that the Catholic Church was Christ Church had all the truth, and that I would spend the rest of my life learning why it was right. Wow. 
And so it was, it was true miracle. So that, that began really for me. And then a few months later, I was at a youth, uh, camp for young people and started praying the rosary with some other people and then uh, came back from that. And then my family started praying the rosary. And so we started getting really strong in our faith when I was 12. Um, and, and that was the beginning. Um, but I didn't, I didn't hear the call of the priesthood for a long time. I was just uh, a normal, active kid doing sports. Um, I was a big academic. I was, you know, um, but, uh, but I loved, I ran cross country. I played basketball, you know, I did different things. And um, it was actually in the university, people started, kept bringing up about the priesthood. And I thought they were crazy. I thought, why would I want to be a priest? I want to get married and have a family. You know, I want to, I want to work in politics. I want, wanted to be in the U.S. Congress. And um, after I finished university studies, um, my grandfather and I actually drove to Alaska, 8,000 Ks to Alaska from Indiana, my home state. And a priest um, in the Yukon Territory of Canada asked me when I was going to go in the seminary. And that just knocked me over. And I started praying about what did God want? You know, so I, I finally the focus shifted from what I wanted to what did God want? And it was in beginning to pray about that that I, that I started hearing um, the call. That's really interesting. So your whole family went through a bit of a conversion when you were about 12. Yeah, or strengthening. We we weren't really ever away from it. it. Well, my father was. My father was an agnostic for a while, um, for about twelve years, um, and so he actually had a conversion out of being an agnostic to being a believer again um, before that. But we really started becoming strong as a family when we started praying together. We started praying the rosary together as a family in the evenings. And that really to start it strengthened our, our life as a family, but it also strengthened our faith as a family. Yeah, right. And so was the initiative to pray the rosary something that you asked your parents after you received the gift of confirmation and were just like, wow, this is it? Well, it was, it was about two months after the confirmation when I came back from that youth, that camp, and I prayed the rosary each, each evening with uh, three other guys. And I, I came back and was like, could we start doing this? And my parents said, yeah, let's start doing this. So, so this was probably your first parish mission? <laughs> Home in the family. <laughs> <laughs> Home in the family, yes. <laughs> yeah, in many ways, yes. Yeah, wow. And, and you said you wanted to go for Congress, so you would have been studying politics at uni. How did you discern that, for example? Um, I always was fascinated by politics. In fact, it was a political-centered camp where I started praying the rosary. Um, I was always interested in, in the political. I also loved history. So I was actually a double major in university, uh, political science and history. Um, and the funny thing was when I, I took a year out after university to, I was supposedly going to figure out I was going to do a year of volunteer work with the church, with the Legion of Mary, as a missionary with the Legion of Mary, and then um, figure out law school or what kind of doctoral program to go to. And my mother was like, why are you not moving on these? But I wasn't, I kept saying, oh, I've got it covered. I was already going toward the priesthood and I, and I wasn't telling them. Oh, so, by that, so you took a year to sort of, a discernment year. 
Yeah, to try to figure out. Yeah. But, I, but I wanted to give back, because when I was in university, I was very involved with the lay apostolate, the Legion of Mary, and it had such a big impact in taking me deeper in my faith and getting me active, you know, going, visiting people in their homes, talking to them about the faith, going to a prison and helping prisoners get uh, make their peace with God, you know, get ready for when the priest would come once a month. Um, that had really taken me to a new level and I wanted to give it, give some time back and, uh, and figure out which direction to go. And anyway, it was a different direction than even I thought when I began that year. So. Yeah, well, and so just take me back to Alaska. So you and your grandfather mm-hmm. had decided that you would take this trip. Mm-hmm. 8,000? 8,000 Ks. Ks north. North and west. North and west. Yeah. So the Great Lakes region all the way to, to Alaska. Okay. And was that for any particular purpose or? He, my grandfather loved to travel and he'd been there three times with my grandmother. And after she'd passed away, he hadn't been back and he wanted to go again. Yes. And having me graduate from university and saying, this is your gift from me, he got a travel companion. Oh, it was, it was, it was a win-win for both and it was incredible experience to spend a month with my grandfather yeah and for him it would have been very nostalgic Mm -hmm. he would have told you all about your Mm -hmm. grandmother and yeah yeah just spending time together it was just a beautiful time Mm -hmm. and then this priest out of nowhere said when are you going in the seminary yeah and i had no answer and he i said i haven't been thinking about it and he says well you better start because god's got not god's not going to knock you off a horse you know and, uh, and that's when I started thinking about it. And was discerning the priest with something um, that I suppose you, you maybe had to wrestle with after you, so you took that year of, so you finished uni, you graduated, you went to Alaska, mm-hmm. you got this uh, rather direct question, mm-hmm. and right. then you spent a year um, working with the Legion of Mary as a discernment year, but you hadn't told your parents. Mm-hmm. And then... I suppose at what point did you, was it something that you sort of felt your way through or was it like, how did you actually um, learn to respond and, and really go, yeah, the Lord, the Lord is calling me to this life of flourishing and, and I'm in. Yeah, I, I knew I wanted to serve the Lord. I didn't know how he wanted me to serve him. And so as I was discerning, I realized that I really needed some help. So I sought out to find a good priest who would be a spiritual director and help me to sort things through, somebody I could bounce things off of. He wasn't a priest who would tell me, do this or do that, but he was a good listener, and he would say, so what do you think about that, you know, and, and just kind of helped me to, to, to be able to put my ideas and my thoughts into words, and, and uh, he encouraged me to, to, to really pray and to uh, make a decision. He used to say, uh, fish or cut bait. He said, some people, they just want to think about it for years and years and years and, and never do anything. And he was like, you know, fish or cut bait and go on to something else. And so I, that's what I did. I just said, well, I'm going to take all of the Lent to pray about it and, um, and I'll make a decision on Easter. And Easter, the Easter Vigil Mass, I knew what I was doing. I was going to join the Fathers of Mercy. Just to go back, so you, you always knew you wanted to serve God. Was that from that confirmation experience, or it was something that developed? It, it developed probably when I was in university is yeah. when I really had that sense that I wanted to serve God. But whether it was serving Him in politics, serving Him as a 
as a teacher, a professor in university, um, you know, I didn't know how, you know, so, but I knew I wanted that whatever I was going to do, I wanted to be serving God, um, that it wasn't about me and my glory or making money. It was about something much higher. Um, so, so that was, uh, I think I lost your question. <laughs> so I suppose, yeah, so the question was, um, how how long had you had this sort of calling on your heart? I want to serve the Lord, and then you had that. That was sort of a growing okay, call. Then, it sounds yeah, like, right. and, and then you're at university, and then how did yeah, I find the fathers of mercy? How did you find fathers of mercy from right? Yeah, from those points. Actually, when I was in university, uh, I was at a small Catholic college called uh, Christendom College. Um, Campion College in Sydney is. Um, kind of modeled on Christendom in some ways. They're, they're related um, as a little liberal arts college. And um, while I was there, um, I, there were a couple guys studying for the Fathers of Mercy who were sent there to get their undergraduate degrees in philosophy. So I knew of the community and I knew them, um, but I wasn't particularly attracted to it. But once I started really thinking about the priesthood, um, the, you know, there's two branches in the priesthood, essentially. There's diocesan and there's religious. And so um, right when I was starting to really admit that I might be being called, Pope John Paul II had a Wednesday audience in which he talked about the consecrated life. And he talked about how the vows of poverty, chastity, and obedience directly contradict the false values of the world. Poverty against wealth, uh, chastity against sexual hedonism, and obedience against self-will. And he called on young people to embrace the vows, to show the world what really matters. And I read that, and I knew if I'm going to be a priest, I have to be a religious order priest. So I never even talked to my diocese. I just started writing to different orders, learning about them. And uh, I wrote to nine orders. And Who was on your hit list? Uh, Dominicans, um, conventional Franciscans, uh, Norbertines, uh, Oblates of the Virgin Mary, um, Precious Blood, um, I forget who all, Fathers of Mercy were one of them. And um, I liked about half of them from what I read, and um, I'd visit the Father's Mercy and loved it. And then I visited another one, and all I could think about was the Father's Mercy <laughs> the whole time I was there. So I really just started zeroing in on that, and, and uh, um, I liked the stress on God's mercy. I liked the idea of being a missionary. I, I grew up with a family that loved to go on camping trips and see places. My mom grew up that way, my grandfather grew up that way. And we're missionary, and we go to different places. And I thought, well, that's pretty interesting. Um, I like the idea. I'd never been to a mission, but I like the idea of, of a mission and, and going to places and preaching and hearing confessions and helping people to be renewed in their faith. And, um, and then also our second work is uh, parishes in rural or neglected areas. And I grew up in a small city, but I always loved the country. I always loved the small towns. I thought, well, that would be kind of neat to serve in those places that tend to not get a priest if, if things are um, getting short, you know. And so um, I just loved everything about it. So I decided, I, you know, I prayed through Lent and, 
and decided to give it a go. It's interesting as well um, that your experiences in your childhood, those enjoyable experiences of traveling and adventuring and Mm -hmm. um, going out to places you hadn't been before, Um, and even I suppose the Alaskan trip to a certain extent was like a mission. In a certain sense, yes. So the Lord was sort of really developing this desire in you to go, to to leave home and to go and... Right. And talk to people and share, a lot share of God's it. love. Right. And that, that sort of developed for you a lot, it sounds like, alongside this intellectual vocation. Right. And then maybe the priesthood is like a combination of those things, would you say? Right, because the priest has to be a man of study. He has to be one who uh, continues to learn. Um, it's always a shame when you find a priest who doesn't read, who doesn't try to, to, to go deeper in, in his knowledge. So uh, I think a priest always has to, and the church always encourages priests to continue to read, continue to learn, read documents, go back to the sources. I love to go back to the church fathers. That's one of my favorite sources. A lot of time people talk, they'll say, oh, I loved it when you said this. And it was something out of a church father. It was, it was not for me, (laughs) you know? um, So yeah, it does combine all those different things within what I what I loved but the Lord does tend to take what we like and to work with us. He doesn't usually call us to something that's completely opposed to our natural tendencies. So um, if he calls a, a young woman to the sisterhood, he doesn't take a, a young woman who really wants to work with children and say, I'm going to put you in a community where you're taking care of old people. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he tends to find, you know, and direct you to the type thing that you're already naturally inclined toward. Um, and he does the same with the priesthood, you know. The guys who are uh, um, rolling stones like me, he puts in places where we keep rolling. And the guys who are moss gatherers, he puts in a place where they're in a parish and they are there stable in teaching and, and taking care of the people there. And, and our work as missionaries is really supporting the parish priests. You know, because what we come in to do is to build up and, and to give another voice to what they're they're trying to do, and to, to so it's supporting their work. Well, look, thanks so much for coming to Tasmania. It's been a joy. Yeah, has it's this been your first time here? First time to Tasmania, seventh time to Australia, but first to Tasmania. And what were your impressions? It's absolutely beautiful. Uh, it's colder than the rest of Australia. Um, I should have brought another jacket or a jumper. Um, I have to learn Australian words. We call them sweaters. You call them jumpers. But uh, I've enjoyed it. The people are good. At both parishes I've been to, at Riverside and in and, uh, Launceston area, and now here in Claremont, great people, you know, and uh, always feel welcome. I love, I, I never feel unwelcome in Australia. People always seem to be very welcoming, and I always I enjoy that. I suppose for any, for any young person out there who might be maybe looking to the answer, looking for the answer to what their life's all about, have you got any maybe um, closing advice on, on how to figure that out or even where to begin to figure that out if you haven't ever started doing that? The first thing is that we have to have a daily prayer life. If we're not engaging in with God, we're not 
talking to God, we're not listening to God, taking time not just to say things, but to be quiet with Him, to to pray the rosary or to read from the gospel and to be quiet and to listen, we're never going to hear, you know, the meaning of it and, and the meaning of life and where God is, is pointing us. Um, so that beginning a daily prayer, time of prayer, even a few minutes a day is better than nothing if people haven't been praying. Um, and then secondly, we've got to be living a sacramental life, you know, going to mass on Sundays, going to confession on a regular basis. Um, when we go to confession, we have a one-on-one with Jesus Christ, bringing our weaknesses, our struggles to him, receiving his forgiveness, but also receiving his help and advice through the priest to help us to grow. And that is an incredible thing for trying to figure out, you know, what direction uh, we're called, you know, where God wants us. Um, and if somebody, if people are afraid to, to pray about their vocation, um, I just want to say that 90% of people are called to be married. If you're praying about your vocation and um, you're called to be married, God will help you to make a wiser decision. You know, otherwise people can decide to get married because of somebody's looks or because of what kind of car they drive or whatever. And he'll help us to make better decisions and see deeper and see the, see the actual person. So... The important thing is to pray about your vocation and not be afraid of the answer. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Because God's plans are always far better than what we would expect. I never, as a young man, thought I would be a priest. And I've been a priest 20 years. I've been in religious life 25 years. And I absolutely love, loved every minute of it. Thank you, Father Ben. And um, safe trip back to Kentucky. Thank you. And um, I just pray that that your work here um, bears much fruit over the coming weeks, months and years. Thank you very much, Bridget. That was an interview with Father Ben Cameron entitled Missionary of the Father's Mercy. Father Ben and his brother priest, Father Ken Garachi, were in Australia to run parish missions in the Archdiocese of Hobart. For more information about the Fathers of Mercy, visit fathersofmercy.com. And for more talks, interviews and shows, visit radio.org.au.